Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a shopper delving into their back pocket at Asda. This week I had brilliant comedian Jade Adams. We talked about her run at the Soho Theatre, about comedy, and we had a laugh as well. Enjoy. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. It is Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines. She's here, the marvellous Jade Adams. Hello, Samantha Baines. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I'm sorry I'm late. I was stuck in traffic because I decided, because it's the January, um, that I would sign up to Gymbox and I've just come back from doing that. (laughs) Great. Because we were talking about New Year's diets. Yes. Is this a New Year's thing for you? Well, I would never diet because I don't believe in it. And I think that the word diet has been taken over by people that have probably what I would describe as eating disorders. Okay. So um, what I'm doing is uh, I damaged my knee about two years ago doing a scissor kick to PJ and Duncan's Let's Get Ready to Rumble at Bethlehem Working Men's Club. Mm. And since then, I've been overcompensating for that injury I'm putting a lot of pressure on my body in other places. And because I've got weight on me as well, um, it means that other bits of my body are struggling. So I need to balance myself out and I'm going to be doing some personal training with a lovely man called Neil. So you're going to be like strengthening? I'm strengthening my core is basically oh. what I'm doing. I do not want to lose weight. That will happen naturally. But I want to get buff. I, I feel like I want to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want to be that muscly. Wow. I want to be like not feminine. Is that what is that your goal for 2017? My goal is to actually my goal is to look like Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. Oh that's, yes, yeah, that's what I want to look. She's like. She's amazing. I was looking up pictures of her the other day to I be like, well. this is the amazing body shape that I would like. Please. I've not been gay since 2007, but she definitely gets the gay and gets the gay out in me. Okay, yeah. if I brought her into the studio now, what 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 emotions well, it would be run a very through good interview, you? Because I'd be silent, <laughs> just staring at her curves. Wishing I could roll marbles on them. <laughs> I'd be like, Jade Adams is here. She's, She's just, just busy. Gone dumb. She's busy dribbling on the Hoxton radio floor. Um, thank, well, thanks for coming in. I'm excited for your knee workouts. I've been on a little diet because I'm getting married in January. Oh, yes. And I've been eating my feelings throughout Christmas. So I've, when are you married, I've lost then? four pounds. Well, I'm married already. Yeah, we know. I know this. Oh, yeah. Regular listeners will know the marriage uh, issues. No, so I had a small wedding last Issue. year. She has two. She's two. having two weddings. Why well, have one when you can have two? Yeah, I had babes. a small wedding, and then this is sort of the party one. Yeah, in uh, at the end of Jan. Have so. you got two different dresses? Oh yeah. Oh babes, of course you have. Of course. Two, two sets of shoes. Yes. Oh my god, you've really. These are quite high heeled though, and I've been going to the physio, and I have to go to my physio in my wedding shoes, and she does like she makes an obstacle course because I've got a bad ankle. And I have to do the obstacle course, like, in my wedding heels. And you want to wear heels. Uh, do you know what? I haven't worn heels since 1995. Was that a specific... Was there an event? Um, I realised that when I wear heels, I'm drilling for oil. So I stopped wearing heels. and Because um, I was born 18 stone. Um, yeah. And so heels aren't really made for girls like me. Also, I'm nearly six foot. I don't need to be any taller. No. No. Well, I I wore flat shoes on the red carpet of can with that whole can just to back uh, off. Drop, drop that in. Oh, the red carpet of can. Is it? Why do we can? The Huffington Post. Um, you were part of an award-winning um, film, weren't you? Uh, Smart the Bones. Is it film series? 
what? You're the cram. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't at can for that. Anyway, um, but I, I love flat shoes, but apparently in your wedding dress, it does make you stand better when you walk up the aisle. Oh, right, okay. And it helps because then you don't walk on your dress as well. Is your bloke taller than you? Yeah, but not much. Oh. I'm basically going to wear the heels up the aisle and then take them off. Oh, yeah, definitely. They come <laughs> and off I've got Converse to wear afterwards. You should have them at the end with him, and then he has to place the Converse on your feet like your Cinderella. That would be lovely. We can or, dance. Or like, have you seen Father of the Bride? He is a trainer. Oh. So Steve, it's an amazing film. There's two parts to it. It's about Steve Martin, mm-hmm. um, legend. Um, he is a father of, um, I think it's Steve Martin. That's his name, isn't it? The white-haired guy. The comedian, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's a father of a daughter and they have a really lovely relationship and then she decides she wants to get married and obviously he goes through the whole things that fathers do, which is letting go of his little girl and letting her become a woman and all this sort of stuff. In the sec- uh, in, When she gets married, sorry, he's a tra- he designs trainers. He's quite rich. He's made a lot of money from designing sneakers. So for yes. her wedding, he makes her a pair of bridal sneakers. And I think every single woman that watched that in the 90s will remember uh, like going, yes, that's what I'm going to have, glittery white shoes for my wedding. Did they have her name on them, like in Diamante? No, that had been awesome. I think that's... I think You that's can a, buy them on the internet. What Diamante names? With your net, with Mr and Mrs. But my husband won't wear them. <laughs> I was like, let's get them and wear them at the wedding. He was like, no, I've bought really nice shoes instead. <laughs> Great. Um, Jade, what do you think 2017 will hold for you? Well, I marriage. Um, <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Um, basically, everyone's sort of been. Um, can you swear on this? No, thank no. you. Um, uh, everyone has been sort of poo-pooing 2017, no, yes. 2016. Sorry about it being an awful year because we've had a lot of sort of you know let we'll say a lot of problems with um, this country and America because for some reason we now take on America's problems as well as our yeah. own. Um, and I, I mean, a lot of that sort of really brought on, brought on because of social media. Like we, you know, this stuff was happening in the eighties, but just people didn't really read about it every day. So there's all that. But I had the best year I've been alive in 2016. It's really? li- 31. The name of my show at Soho Theatre for the next three days. Very I've got good. 15 dates already done. Three more left. Um, 31 is was my age when I started it, but it's my lucky number um, because I had... It was the year I let go of feeling like I owed people something and I felt feeling like I needed to be friends and nice to everyone. It was the year that I realised that I... Because I'd sort of always followed other people thinking that they knew what the route to happiness was and sort of followed popularity. I was obsessed with that. It's my next show. Um, <laughs> I was obsessed with, like, other people's popularity and wanting to be what they were because that's they looked really happy. Yeah. And then I realised at 31 that I didn't need any of that. Um, and I sort of um, came... I had a lot of emotional... Um, I've, I've gained a lot of emotional stability in the last year. Um, and uh, it all happened in 2016. So I hope 32 is as awesome as 31 was, yeah. which is 2017. This gives us a lot of... You know, people... I'm coming up to 30 in March. It's fine. People it's say, better. oh, gosh, you're going to turn 30. But this sounds great. I want some of this. Being 30, it's brilliant. Because your 20s, you sort of make loads of mistakes and you cry a lot in your 20s, yeah. or I did at least. And you feel really sad and unhappy for an entire year of your life. And then you turn 30 and it's like, oh, 
none of that matters anymore and I just got to be myself. And then I heard 40s when you really relax into it. Because 30, you have to, this is what, for my because I might, one of my close friends is in her, she's 42, she's got four kids. She told me, she said, in my 30s, I, I was um, reticent, I think the word is, that I was in the right place and doing it's reticent yeah 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 well yeah comfortable and happy that she was in the right place i use words when they're not appropriate sometimes <laughs> um she was happy in 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 her 30s she'd sort of stopped trying to figure out who she was realize who she was and then 30s were all about getting everyone else in her life on board with that which is the difficult part of your 30s and she said when you're 40s and everyone's learned who you are she said it's even more comfortable. So I love aging. I will never try and stop it. I'm not going to have surgery. I'm not going to try and halt the process. I think I'm only going to be like Meryl Streep and age gracefully and beautifully like she did in Devil's Wear Prada. <laughs> well, your skin is fresh as the day, eh? Thanks, babes. That's because I'm fat and um, the overweightness plumps it out. If I was skinny, it probably would look a little bit looser. Do you think? Mm. I think you just have good skin as well. Fat don't crack. I find me a fat person who hasn't got good skin. Really? Yeah, babes. Well, write in. This is a challenge. And you have acne. (laughs) Please get in touch on. Well, I mean, we don't have a. You can social media it definitely. Oh, um, at Jade Adams, J A Y D E Adams. I like being proved wrong, so get in touch. (laughs) Please do. Um, We've got Jade with us for the next couple of hours. I'm very excited. Also, I've been playing Adele until you arrived, and we have to talk about the whole Adele thing. I love her. After a little bit of this, it's Hoxton Radio. Babes Plus One, Hoxton Radio. It is Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha <coughs> Baines, for Baines Plus One and the brilliant Jade Adams. Hello, Samantha Baines. Hello. She's got red lippy on. She looks delicious. Red lippy covers a multitude of sins. I'm yet to wash today, but it looks like <laughs> I have... Uh, you can tell by the, the patterns I have on today that I threw these clothes on in a... Yeah, but they're both black and white patterns. Yeah, but one... We'll take a little photo so people can see and put it on Twitter. I look like, basically... Um, I look like Pugsley from the Adams Family, which is ironic because my surname's Adams. <laughs> If they do a remake, another, another, another remake. They should turn all of the characters into the opposite versions of themselves that they did with uh, Ghostbusters. Yes. So, like, Gomez is a woman, but, like, a lesbian. Um, And then, oh, no, Morticia, they'd be a lesbian couple. Yes. Pugsley would be a transgendered female. Okay. And then then Wednesday would be, like, an emo boy called Thursday. <laughs> it's Thursday more emo than Wednesday. Well, I just think Thursday, like you're just sort of waiting for the weekend and it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. You want it to be the weekend, but it's just not. Makes you really upset and hate your parents. Um, well, maybe you could rewrite this because you, you're writing shorts for Sky and all sorts now. Oh, you know, I you know. I mean, think of me when you cast it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's time. I will, for, I've got black hair. It's time for the quick fire round. Okay, Jade Adams, have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? Um. Yes, I have. Ooh. I have. I can't remember why. I, no, I can't remember why, but I've done quick fire before. Um, but uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm quite punk. So if you give me two options, I'm going to want a third. It's okay. like when it's like Brexit again. <laughs> I wanted a Who third. are you in Brexit? I Scotland. was. Uh, no, I was Scotland. <laughs> I was Iceland. I wanted to get out of the country and not be told by Kira Knightley that um, uh, I should vote for a certain side and then not be told by Nigel Farage that I'd vote for a side. In fact, I, like the rest of the country, wanted a third option, but, you know, we weren't allowed one. <laughs> okay, well, here's a quick fire round with two <laughs> options. Political Jade. <laughs> Here we go. Jade Adams. Go. It's your quick fire round. Tea or coffee? I like rooibos tea with hazelnut milk and honey. It's a dream. I know it sounds really middle class, but get it, it's lush. Facebook or Twitter? 
Twitter. Cats or dogs? Cats. Opera, allergic to dogs. Opera or beatboxing? Oh, opera. People like it more. Early bird or night owl? Early, I'm now early bird. Car or train? Oh, I've just got driving lessons for Christmas. So, so car. car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> City or country? Oh, oh a country. I'm this gonna is end the up... least quick fire round. I'm, I'm going to end up in the country, the country. Pen or pencil? Pen. Compare or comedian? Like oh, I, I don't want to be a comedian anymore. I want to be a laugh maker, so compare. Chocolate or crisps? Oh, crisps. Half empty or half full? Half full. Nightclub goer or nightclub bouncer? Oh, bouncer. TV or, ra- TV or radio? Radio. Ketchup, put it in the cupboard or the fridge? Oh, cupboard. Adventurous or cautious? Uh, if it's physical, I'm, I'm cautious. Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits? Jaffa cakes. Cakes. Oh, cakes, yeah. <laughs> there we oh, go. Oh, Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits. I know, I'm so terrible. I like that you just repeated Jaffa cakes. <laughs> Jaffa cakes. <laughs> Full moon, half moon, total eclipse. <laughs> that was hilarious. You really picked up there in the second half, but the first half is the most relaxed quick fire round I've ever um, done. Roybush tea with some hazelnut I milk do and honey. I actually really like Roybush tea. TikTok, organic TikTok. I mean, I still eat spam. Um, I just now have it wow. served on a slate from a, someone's roof in East London okay. with truffle honey. But I, I, a lot of things, I've been very gentrified since I've moved to East London. This was six years ago. And there are some things that I just think are wonderful about, um, uh, about gentrification, like um, different tea. So, yeah. like, I like a builders, don't get me wrong, but I've had it for so many years, and I've started having TikTok since living with a mate of mine. Which is a tea brand. It's a tea brand. It's so Other delicious. Other tea brands are available. Um, and hazelnut milk with some form of sweetener that isn't refined sugar is such a nice drink. It's like ambrosia. I've it's... never had hazelnut milk. I have almond milk. Almond's nice, but hazelnut keeps hazelnutty flavour in it. Yeah. Like, you know, like Nutella. Yeah. Or it's quite a Nutella. It's like hot chocolate, but no chocolate. That sounds lovely. It's lovely. I have. I got into Red Bush, as we call it in my house. Roybus. I love your East London Roybus. Well, it's spelled R O I B O S. Mm. Is that Red Bush? No, well, no, but I think this we've renamed same. it Red Bush because yeah. it's a South African tea and we've renamed it Red Bush Roy in England Bush. because people couldn't cope. <laughs> um, but I've got into it because my husband's really into it because it's no caffeine. Yeah, no caffeine. At all. I can't have things that are like uppers. I can't have any more things that make me up because... I have a sh- I, I have performance which puts so much adrenaline in me that yeah. I cannot get out of it for at least three days. Three days. Yeah, I'm. St- I'm I had a show last night, which is why I probably seem a little bit. <laughs> she just clicked her fingers on the table. If you didn't get that, um, right? So we've, we've got. We need to talk about your Soho show, but we've got a few more questions first that we ask everyone. So you've got a bit more time with these. Right, go for it. What is one thing you couldn't live without? Um, I couldn't live without. Oh, my mum and dad. That's really nice. Yeah, I think... Why is that? I'm going to have to at some stage, I'm sure, but I just... They are... I mean, we've we've gone through so much together. Mm. I just... I like them a lot. Um, and I... Especially my mother and I, we get on really well. Well, we, we have our times, but yeah, no, my mum and dad, I think that, you know, they're great. And oh. they've got through quite a lot of stuff and I've, I'm really proud and quite... Quite, what's the word? Impressed by them. That's lovely. And they're just normal working class people and they... And they just they just get through stuff, and there's no like you know writing big blogs about it. They just have a life. <laughs> stuff bad stuff happens, and they get through it. And I think that's something in this day and age where everything's like, oh my god, we're all oh my god, we're turning into Nazi Germany every five seconds. My parents don't behave like that. They just it's a generation that I think that we're going to miss once they're gone. Yeah, 
Oh, that's lovely. Thanks. Definitely send them a link to the show with you saying all that. I will. Um, any secret habits or talents? Oh, well, come and see the show. No, um, <laughs> Secret. I've, secret. Um, that yeah. you haven't mined for comedy purposes. I can uh, roll my tongue into lots of different shapes and um, I can belly dance with my tongue. Wow. I can also bite my own toenails. Lovely. Um, <laughs> I was going to say we'll video all these. Maybe not that one. No, that one. <laughs> um, and I can... Oh, I won't mention that one. Um, I'll tell you that one when we're off air. Okay. Um, uh, what else? I don't think... Oh, I'm really good at hair and makeup. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm really, I used to do people's weddings and stuff. Like, really? And photography. I, yeah, I, I, I just can do... Ma- I've been doing makeup since I was five because I did freestyle disco dancing, which is basically... I was a 10-year-old drag queen um, and I did makeup and stuff. So I, I've got really good at it and I, yeah, I've done weddings and stuff. Although I don't make what the brides look like drag queens. talent? Well, depend. I could have done your wedding. You could have. You yeah. should have told me. I know, babes. You're probably not free. When is it? Doing lots of busy things at the Soho Theatre. Oh, I know. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's the end on Saturday. I'm so sad. What makes you angry, Jade? People. People the way they are at the moment. It's just everything's very negative or, like, everyone seems to think that because they've got an opinion on something, it's like, I'm opinionated, but I don't feel the need to write it down all the time yeah i you know i'll have i'll have it and then i'll just have it and if people want to hear it then i'll say it but like this writing stuff down all the time and just constantly commenting on everything that people say and do and everyone's terrified of like being different or challenging perceptions or anything like i've watched a video called hypernormalization on facebook and it's it's rendering people bland like there's no there's no mm. punk there's no anarchy there's no like there's no people challenging the other day in the guardian i got referred to as sweary <laughs> like by who by the guardian they were like sweary jade adams is doing a show at soho theater i didn't realize that was an adjective that you could use there are use. lots of other things that you can call me other than the fact that i swear and the reason i swear is because after a while i feel like the audience can be comfortable with swearing and it's like everyone swears like, I'm just saying it. I got reviewed as um, that I make an excessive use of innuendo. And I maybe have, like... So in an hour, I maybe have, like, ten short jokes that... It's because you're female. Yeah. It's because you're a lady. What? Listen, like, but why can't I use innuendo? Why is that not allowed in a show it, about science? You it's know, because... To... And you have to sort of ignore the, uh, the, the media and the internet because they literally say things to make people read what they're writing. Yeah. That's all it is. It's not personal. It's literally them going... We, it's like I read... Um, I read that um, Emma Thompson um, has made some sort of statement about how she thinks that it's really bad that production companies are using actors who have large Twitter following yes. to, for their films. So their Twitter, so they'll it's lazy. Every everything has become lazy and bland, and I don't like a world where it's lazy and bland. I hate it. That's what I hate. I've joined two of your questions up. Thank you, Maverick. <laughs> What's the most recent lie you told? Um. Uh, must have been. I'm white lying all over the place. There had been something yesterday. <laughs> I haven't lied today. Can you um, oh. Is it just little ones? Yeah, I don't do whoppers because I'm not very good at it because I'm too honest. So when I do big lies, I sort of do all the telltale signs. But little white lies. Um, have you ever lied because you couldn't make a gig? No, I tend to say yes to all gigs because I don't get asked to gig very much. I know that seems weird because I've got loads going on, but getting gigs is hard. I don't know if you find it hard, but like, 
um, unless you uh, are best mates with the promoter, yeah. it doesn't matter how well you're doing. You have to sort of, um, you have to court these people into me. And I, I don't want to pretend that I'm someone's friend when I'm not. I just want to gig and make a mm. bunch of people laugh. Do you find that is also because maybe you're not doing like the club circuit, you're doing maybe more so like cabaret gigs where you can do your opera stuff. I don't do cabaret anymore. They didn't, the cabaret community don't want, didn't want me around either. But you won the Cabaret Audience Award. Well, I'll tell you how I won that. I basically wasn't included in their shortlist for that award. And I've been in, I'd been in Cabaret for about four years and they didn't include me in it. So I basically got all my followers to sabotage it and made them get me on the... And made me win it. So that's how I won that. <laughs> <laughs> so social media can be used for some good stuff, it not can. just lazy casting. Yeah, if you want to sabotage things, you can. Get your followers to do it. Well, we'll be getting more top sabotage tips from Jade Adams <laughs> after a little bit of this. It's Hoxton Radio. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. It is Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and... Jade Adams. There she is. Now, Jade, it's time for your interview proper. Okay. Do you feel... I'm ready. Okay. I love talking about myself. Great. <laughs> we all do, don't we? Oh, that's why we do this. That's why I have comedians on the show. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into all this funny stuff? Um, I was a dancer. Well, I, dan- I did dance with my sister for about 12 years of my early life. We is did this some- the disco? Yeah, we did freestyle disco dancing, which you need to Google. You don't know what it is. Just go and have a look. It's not Saturday Night Fever. It's more like Shameless does pageantry, does Glee, does Pineapple Dance Studios, does <laughs> running. That sounds great. Um, did that for 12 years. Was rubbish. Jenna was better than me. My sister. Your sister. Um, she was better. I was rubbish. But then my mum sort of made me do it, and I'm really glad she did because I didn't want to do it. She used to drag me kicking and screaming to every competition every Sunday. Twelve years of it of me going. I don't want it. Competition. Yeah, I, com- I competed every Sunday and lost every Sunday. I, my mum. Here's a funny story. So I was recently. It's coming out at the end of January, but I was recently on Eight Out of Ten Cats as Countdown. Woo! And they asked you to do a mask. They asked you to bring a mascot in. So I had this idea of either bringing a drag queen with me, which was going to be John Sizzle from the Glory, one of my favourite drag queens, or I was going to bring a box of trophies, um, which were I've got about 400 trophies of ninth place that they gave me to stop me having a tantrum. And I thought it'd be funny to have that and also to remind us all that it's okay that we lose because I also am not very good at spelling or math. So I knew that me and John might lose. <laughs> On countdown. On countdown, yeah. So I spelling and math. Yeah, spelling yeah. and math, which I'm terrible at. So I, I asked my mum to get them and she, uh, she went looking. So she pulls this box out on FaceTime. And she's like, here they are. And all of the trophies in it are huge for a second, third place. And I went, mum, these are Jenna's trophies. Where are mine? Oh, we can't find them. Turns out my parents threw away my ninth place trophies. So what I took on, stay on on eight out of ten catsters countdown, were a box of my sister's trophies <laughs> to remind me that I used to be rubbish. I'm still rubbish, and I always will be rubbish. I can't remember why I was saying this. But now you're award winning. Now I'm award winning. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. Well, how how did you get into comedy? So you so did, did disco that, dancing. And then I stopped. I decided at 17 I didn't want to do that anymore. So I stopped. And then I started meandering in Bristol. There's a lot of sort of performance arty, amateur, dramatic things. And it meandered in and out of acting. Did a bit of Bristol Vic, like with their youth centre. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have a, a Bristol Vic youth, whatever it's called. I did that. And then I um, uh, did... A, I, I actually um, have performed at the O2. 
Hello. Uh, but when it was the Millennium Dome. Yes. Um, so I just say that I've been at the O2, but I, as, uh, you know, I, I, I've also performed at the Palladium, Her Majesty's Theatre, and I've performed at the Lyric, and I've performed at the... Uh, and this is all when I was under under 15. I sort of did these... Doing disco dancing? No, this was when I did musical theatre. So I did... Used to be part of this thing called Starlight in Bristol. It was terrible. Met Katie Lewis, who was on Fame Academy in the 90s. The first one. She came fifth. Massive um, name drop. Massive name drop. Katie Lewis. Um, she now does uh, semi-permanent eye makeup. Um, so <laughs> she's, she's lovely. Um, she... Uh, uh, so I did that. We realised after a while that, that was just a money thing for them to earn money out of kids who wanted to be famous. And then after a while, I sort of did. I've always had a job. I've always I worked in ASDA for a bit, and then I've I've gone in and out of jobs, but always had work, always grafted, which is important. Teenagers, you should not be famous because you went to the shop to buy stuff. Anyway, uh, then I uh, went to university, and when I was there, I started doing. Um, I it, the university was drama, theatre, and media, mm-hmm. so it liked to pretend to the students that they were going to be famous, which they weren't. But we did a lot of physical theatre and contemporary dance and stuff like that. Which uni was this? Um, this was the University of Glamorgan. I know where. Um, and I got. I went there because I failed my A levels, and it was the only place that take me. And also, it was up a hill, and I thought I could lose weight. Turns out taxis are quite cheap in Traforest. So um, <laughs> I did that in Exeter. Yeah, babes. it was up a hill. Always been fat, never going to change. I always have these ideas. I, I wonder what's going to happen at gym box. I'll just be on the treadmill doing, eating gummy bears probably. Um, so then I did that at uni and I did a lot of extracurricular stuff. And a lot of the stuff I did was outside and um, did a lot of shows, toured some shows, um, did like more. Uh, you can look on my YouTube channel. There's a load of um, of my arty stuff that I used to do right before I did stand up. I used to wear a lampshade on my head and do tap dancing to Tom Waits music. A bit like Sia. Um, yeah, I, I was doing Sia before Sia. You're the Sia. original Sia. I'm original Sia. Have a look on YouTube. It's Jade Adams, not the one that it looks like I'm doing vlogging. There's another one. Have a look on that one. Jade um, with a Y. Jade with a Y. Uh, so then I, after that, I... Um, so there's all this performing and sort of acting and just always done something. Yeah. There's always been something I've But done. how did sort of... Stand you know, up. standing up, holding a microphone, making people laugh. So happen. then I started being, I was just, I've always been funny and whatever I've done, people have always told me I was funny. I sort of used humour to get out of a lot of sad things that happened and I sort of make my family laugh at sad occasions and uh, I had a best mate, she owned a, she owns a restaurant, um, Hi Babs, and she uh, told me, she said to me, what do you, I didn't know what I wanted to be, I was in a bit of this and that as I told you. Um, she said, what do, you, what do you want to be? What do you like doing? I said, I like making people laugh. And she went, well, from now on, you will call yourself a comedian if anyone asks you what you do. Um, so I did that for two years without doing any comedy. And people started <laughs> believing me and started booking me for things. Um, and then I sort of did my very first gig. You're normally meant to do five minutes in a, a venue that no one's ever heard of. Yes. I did an hour and a half show. Um, in front of 75 people for my very first stand-up gig. Whoa. Of jokes? Of jokes and bits and pieces. And, like, I, I don't just do jokes. I sort of um, create scenes and mm. have a, a narrative and all that. I did, like, an hour, it was about an hour and 20 minutes, the show. And then moved, and I did that show as sort of my leaving Cardiff, because I was this was in Cardiff, and I was managing her restaurant. So when was this, year-wise? This was 2009, okay. I left. I'd been there from, since 2007, when I'd finished uni. Then 2009, I um, moved, uh, 2000, late 2009 into 2010, I think I moved to London to do comedy. My first gig was, my Babs had seen this advert looking for an MC at the Queen of Hoxton for this night. 
And I great I'm, pub. And I emceed it, and I told them I'd done emceeing before, but I hadn't. And I turned up, and I um, did a terrible job um, of that gig. Met a boyfriend there that Lovely. I was with for two years, but less on that is the better. Um, <laughs> At least something came out of it, though. First no, gig. I, I wouldn't call that a okay. something. Um, and then um, <laughs> uh, I did that, and then it just you know what it's like. You just do one, and then you get another one, and then you get another. So one. did you get the bug? How did the how did the hour and twenty minute show go down? Did really people well. Like people it? loved it. People really liked it. There was a lot of flab in it. I remember jumping on a skateboard on a on a slippery surface and and it jumping off and it falling out from underneath me and I nearly broke my coccyx on the way down. But then adrenaline was in me, so I didn't feel it. So it was fine. The next day I had a sore bum. Not many people can say that after their first stand up gig. Well, no. some people could. I broke my coccyx. <laughs> So, um, and then you've gone from strength to strength. You've won awards, funny women we did together. Yeah, we did. You, uh, we you. talked to, you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about. You did really well. The, that sounded so patronising. really well, Sam. You did really well, babe. <laughs> you've Thanks, got awards and way more Twitter followers than me, Sam. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got booked in the comedy store after that. Yeah, and then yeah I did. I, Don won't book me. <laughs> I, you but don't, then you, you don't want it. But then you won the audience award, and then you were nominated for best newcomer. So tell us a little bit about your Edinburgh show this year. So this was really your first hour in Edinburgh. Yeah, I done after the skateboard incident. Oh, well, I done. So I been in Edinburgh for the last six years and I've done li- I'd sort of done compilation shows yeah. and joined with other people but this was the first I did I did a show in uh, 2012 but it wasn't in the brochure and it was in a venue that no one could find and I was meant to do seven dates and I ended up doing three because no one wanted to no one showed up uh, <laughs> to the show and I was in a 150 seater venue oh in the grass gosh. market and no one came and it was a show that I shared with uh, another comedian who actually doesn't do much comedy anymore but Lindsay Sharman she did like she and I did something in the middle. So I basically did like a 40-minute show with a little insert in the middle. And then that went really badly, and I learned a lot from that. And then I sort of did um, a compilation shows. So the first year after that, I did uh, Me and Three Other Acts, then I did Me and Two, then I did Me and One. And then last year, I was like, I've got to write a show. And I'd had enough time away from um, a, a painful period in my life to be able to reflect on it in a funny way. Mm. And I started writing it and I had, um, I was mates with this girl called Michelle, who is no longer speaking to me. Um, but she uh, helped me, she basically sat outside while I uh, sat outside uh, in front of me in a, in a rehearsal room over the road in Hackney Showrooms. Oh, yeah, my, friend run, my friend runs Hackney Showroom over the road. Oh. Sam, he, it's, uh, it's his company. Um, I know this area really well. Anyway, less on that. Um, uh, but she she sat in front of me and we ha- we just sort of... Sam loaned us a space and I had a suitcase full of crap. And then um, I sort of just... She referred to it as a friend comes in in an outfit and you go, put a hat on it, babe. So that was sort of what she did with me. And then we put together a show. My first ever preview of it was in across the road from here. And I had about 70 people turn up. I had one of the Edinburgh judging panel in as well on the first show. And in Edinburgh, this no, is? No, here, oh, over right. the road. Um, and she came, Was abs- she was like, you, you could definitely be eligible with this show. Um, I did like an hour and 20 again. I'm very bad at running over. Um, <laughs> and then we had this, uh, so it went really and well. And this was, in the fir- this this was, was your the first, first preview of this show. And yeah. already people were like, this could be eligible for this Best This could be really good. And then I did 22 more previews after that because Spencer Jones, another comedian, said to me, you should have as many previews as you have. 22. I did 22. I cancelled two of them, so I did 20. Um, and then I, he said that you should have as many previews as you have shows up in Edinburgh. So I did That's a lot great of previews. It's really, he's, he was brilliant all the way through it. 
And then um, I went through a lot of different changes. We got to a point in July where I um, did a show to 15 people, two of which were Chinese men that couldn't speak any English. Yeah. And the rest of them were people on my team that had already watched the show 20 times. We had a really bad show. Everyone was panicking, worrying, because there's a lot of effort put into me and a lot of time and effort from people. Everyone was panicking. And I was told that I had to come into a meeting room on the Tuesday to smash the show out and to get it right. And I just said no. I didn't want to because there was a lot of pressure. And I went off to Manchester with a friend and he was up there and we woke, we woke, I, I went down to breakfast and he said to me, why aren't you, uh, why aren't you, um, why is it you aren't, why isn't the show working? And then he cracked a lot of stuff and said, you, um, you seem very angry at your sister who is what the show, um, basically, I didn't want to write a show about my sister because my entire life's been about her. She's always been ill. Mm. She was a dancer. She was better. It's just been a lot about Jenna. And then she died. Um, oh, uh, sorry um, to bring that in. But she died. No. And then it was still about her. And I didn't want to write a show. So it's a real comedian trope to write a show about that. Yeah. Um, you know, like they take. You know, we get a lot but it's such an important event in your life. I think it's it's hard when you are writing such a personal show to kick. You know, my grand died when I was writing last year's show, and it was really hard for me not to mention her. And I ended up sort of weaving her in just because you have. To. I have to. Yeah. It's on your mind. Mm. Well, I I ended up I ended up the show becoming about. It wasn't really about her. It was about me finding out who I was, and part of that realization was when she died I no longer had anyone to compare myself to or no one to mirror myself on and I had to be myself and just and work out who I was and why I liked me and what my favorite color was I was like I felt like Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride I'll be honest I didn't know what any of my stuff was like I I I my favorite color would be based on whoever the most important person in my life at that time was it is red my favorite color is red it's a good colour. Yeah. It's my wedding colour. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, I love red. Um, but then the show, you you worked it all out. You did it in Edinburgh. Got nominated for Best Newcomer. We're going to be talking a bit more about this. I want to hear where and where, where and when you found out you were nominated. Oh, okay. Because um, you're doing the show, obviously, at the Soho Theatre, which people can catch. Baines plus one. It's Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and Jade Adams. It's time for the Baines Plus One news. Fresh leak, Florida man gets stain on record. Vietnam, a snip too far in cutting-edge medical era. Japan, man ends 20-year passive-aggressive sulk. Iraq, fishy Trump tribute. Poetic post-it ran... Hang on. Poetic post-it rampage in Coventry supermarket. And that's it. And those are the headlines. I like your newsy voice, Jade. Thank you very much. I enjoyed the hang on. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> I wish they did that on the news when they got it wrong. I'm the new Moira Stewart. <laughs> because they normally just pause, like, I'm just going to reset for a second and then repeat it again. Hang do, on is much better. Do you remember when Joe Joyner did the live version of EastEnders and said Ian Bill's real name, Adam? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the best. <laughs> she um, paused in fear. <laughs> so here we go. Fresh leak. Florida man gets stain on record. This is a man in Florida is facing charges of battery and indecent exposure after he allegedly urinated on a highway patrol officer. What? 
Uh, 20-year-old Murphy was placed in a patrol car and allegedly began banging his head against a partition, then tried to choke himself. This is um, after he was arrested for disorderly intoxication. Police officers started yelling police... Well, he said... Well, the police said that he started yelling police brutality and the F-word Trump. And then they got a little bit, a wee bit more intense at Orange County Jail with emphasis on the wee. Uh, Officers said Murphy banged his head on the car window and started to urinate on the jail floor as well as the trooper's pants, leaving a large wet spot on his uniform. So there we go. Do you think, Jade, would you ever wee on a police officer? Do you think that's a good thing to do if you get arrested? You are allowed to wee in a policeman's hat if you're pregnant. Yes, you are. I think that's still right. He could have used that as an excuse. I'm up the duff. (laughs) I mean, look at his... I mean, these mugshots are never great, are they? No, he he doesn't... He looks like a type of guy that would be on a police officer. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily sound like he's with it. No. Look at... Oh, look at him. I mean, he could be quite fit in a nice shirt. (laughs) Good. We'll tweet a picture of him so you can see Jade... What sort of guy Jade goes for. Mainly people who pee on police officers, apparently. I'm into that. He's he's in jail now, so it's fine. Don't worry. He won't be peeing on anyone else. Vietnam, a snip too far in cutting-edge medical error. This is... This is so a story from Vietnam. Doctors have removed surgical forceps from a man who unknowingly carried them inside his body for 18 years. Oh, my God. The man is 54. He said the forceps have probably been left in his abdomen in 1998 when he had emergency emergency surgery after a traffic accident. Apparently, he only felt the occasional pain and they'd given him medicine for a suspected stomach ulcer. But then an X-ray taken late last year showed the forceps were inside his body, 15 centimetres long, at six inches. It had been broken apart and lodged in his stomach and they were removed in an operation. Jade. I, I bet he tries <laughs> to sue him. I bet you. He had no problems other than a bit of mild pain every now and again. I bet he tries to sue him. That's what people do now. Mate. Yeah, but you, I would not want some metal forceps left in my body. But Surely they, that can't be a good thing. But how old is he? 54. 54. Does he have any other... I'd like to know what his risk of cancer is. And and if there have been anything else. I mean, obviously... If have there he, been any side effects? Have there have been any side effects to having metal in his body? Because there shouldn't be, because people have metal in their body all the time. Well, I guess like pins and stuff, but it might Braces. be made from a different... I mean, it's not it's not a good thing, but sometimes these things happen. I mean, we are cutting open bodies and fixing stuff. Well, apparently Vietnam is a bit known for this. So over the past <laughs> year, there have been two cases of doctors operating on the wrong limb and three cases of men being diagnosed as pregnant. <laughs> also, the ladies from Vietnam do my nails. Do they? In Hackney, yeah. Do they do them well? They do, I like them. Although do they, they have forceps quite... stuck inside their bodies? No, but she has left a cuticle um, a cutter in my mouth. Oh. No, that never happened. Okay. <laughs> I was like, why was it in your mouth? Fine. It never happened. It never happened. No. So there we go. Maybe it rethink your operation in Vietnam. Uh, Japan, man ends 20-year passive-aggressive sulk. I love this. A Japanese couple who lived together for 20 years without talking to one another were filmed having an emotional catch-up for Japanese reality TV. They would reportedly only, well, the husband would reportedly only grunt and nod in response to his wife, despite them having three grown-up children. Their 18-year-old son wrote to the TV show along with his two sisters, and he said he'd never heard his parents talk to one another. So a meeting was arranged for the pair on a park bench, and their children watched. 
and uh, and they said nice things like, "I want you to know I'm grateful for everything," and it's been a while since we talked. And a while. I was kind of jealous about the kids for getting all the attention, and oh, he was sulking men. about it. So he's given up on his sulk. But a government survey this year found that 69% of Japanese men and 59% of Japanese women do not have a partner. Because they know how to live. Because they've given up on dating. Oh, God, why would you? Well, you would if your partner doesn't talk to you. What's Um, the point? Well, you know, they're Japanese and it's different over there, isn't it? It's not like, like, oh, British... Actually, my friend's mum and dad basically were passive-aggressive in their entire marriage. They're still together. (laughs) Do they talk to each other, though? Do you know what? They fall out and then they have periods of time where they don't speak. Really? Long periods, yeah. I find that so hard. When I have an argument with my husband, I think... I'm just going to give him the silent treatment. But I can't do it. I last for like an hour. I have to fix it before the night ends. I can't can't stay in an argument before... I I can't sleep on it. It has to be sorted. Really? A lot of people say that. Actually, I find me and my fella, we're better if we sleep on it. And then in the morning, we're like, oh my God, I love you so much. Babe, just have makeup. Yeah, but... (laughs) Makeup. Snuggles. Snuggles. I love a snuggle. I guess if, if you're not talking to your partner, you can still, like, hug them and stuff. Yeah, and stuff. And stuff. <laughs> Silent stuff. Sam and I love stuff. <laughs> it did say he the husband would grunt at his wife, so that works. Oh, God. I just... I just think... Uh, I just think what what is the point of life when you are doing something like that for 20 years, you've yeah. wasted all this time on enjoying another person, another person who will stick with you no matter how badly you treat her. Yeah, I, yeah. the fact she was still there after 20 years of no speaking. She had her kids. <sighs> That's women for you. We are legends. We are legends. Iraq, fishy Trump tribute. A fan has opened a Trump-themed restaurant in Iraq. Oh, wow. A Donald Trump fan named his restaurant in Iraq after the president-elect, according to several social media reports. It will sell stuff, that's why. The owner of the restaurant named it Trump Fish, and it features a logo of Trump's face. The restaurant opened in December. Uh, This fan said, What I admire about Trump's personality is that he's decisive, he's tough, (laughs) and hopefully with that toughness, he'll finish ISIS off. Okay. No, uh, the mate. logo includes an image of Trump with what appears to be the San Diego Chargers logos as his hair and eyebrows. <laughs> He's, he said, I personally love Trump. The name Trump is beloved in Kurdistan, Iraq. Well, you know, do you know, it just... It's not. I mean, the thing is, is it's our, it's it's our fault that he is where he is. Yeah, it's all our fault because we. If you gave, I mean, if we had given this man at that other time when he wasn't president absolutely no airtime whatsoever, he wouldn't have done very. He because basically no one would know. About no one him. would know about it. Everyone would just. We give these people airtime. It's our fault. I have. Ne- I do not mention that stuff on my, on the internet. I will refuse to get involved in discussions that mean nothing and don't do anything. I'm raising awareness. No, you're not. You're not. You're not raising raising, raising awareness. You're not raising awareness. And now, not only is he president, he has his own fish. I love fish. I used to be a fishmonger. I say all power to them. It'll sell It'll sell stuff for them. And, they, you know, in this day and age, they probably need... And in Iraq as well, they probably yeah. need the, the... They need the help. Yeah, they need the help. Would you like your own fish restaurant if you make it, Jade? 
I would like to have a restaurant. I bet actually fish would be good. I'd like. I I wouldn't localize it just to one thing though. Um, just because I think that you need to have a lot more. You could need to change the menu a lot, but okay. um, I've worked in restaurants a long time, so I know that having one thing that you do just doesn't make you Michelin Goes stars. Um, but I would really like to have a restaurant that I don't have to work at, I don't have to do the accounts of, I don't have to manage. I literally just I'm able to come in, sit down, eat some food, and everyone knows that I own it. Have your face on the window. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I got my face everywhere. Else. I would. I mean, if I had a restaurant, I'd put my face everywhere. Yeah, actually, I would. Would you call it Baines? That's a good name for a restaurant. Do you think? Yeah, like Browns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Baines. Baines. I'm just popping uh, to Baines. Oh, have you made a reservation? Baines always gets really busy. I Bain, like that. Baines plus one. <laughs> you could call it that. Baines plus one? Yeah. because Or Baines plus seven, because I want not... to encourage group oh. bookings. <laughs> <laughs> Baines plus a massive Christmas party, please. <laughs> Have your Christmas party at Baines plus seven. Okay. Poetic post-it rampage in Coventry supermarket. Some mysterious notes have been left on food products in Tesco, and oh, no one this. knows who's writing them. Each each face in the street is a slice of be- of bread begins a random poem left inexplicably on a Tesco shelf. It was found in the bakery aisle at a branch in Coventry. Uh, it's reminiscent of the 2014 marvellous wine labeller who left alternative and much better tasting notes on supermarket plonk. Mysterious messages are again being left on food products. Uh, this new Tesco frivolity involves upbeat notes of positivity, which have been cropping up on popular meal replacements. And more recently, poetry about deer and bread has been seen. According to the Coventry Telegraph, the phantom writers of a cult of culturally of culinary literature has struck at a store in Cannon Park near the University of Warwick campus. The location has sparked the arguably obvious theory that students are being behind the amusement. Of course. The latest note was discovered uh, as a poem called Bread, published in 1993, written by W.S. Merwin, an 89-year-old poet from New York. I won't read you the poem, but it's about bread. Do you want to read it? Can I read a bit? Go on, then. Each face in the street is a slice of bread, wandering on, searching... Somewhere in the light, the true hunger appears to be passing them by their clutch. Have they forgotten pale caves? They dreamed of hiding in their own caves, full of the waiting of their footprints, hung with the hollow marks of their groping, full of their sleep and their hiding. Have they forgotten the ragged tunnels they dreamed of following in and out of the light, to hear the step after step they heard the heart of bread, to be sustained by its dark breath and emerge? Oh, it's beautiful. There is I missed three we did that so well. Thanks. I just I, the only what? reason I wanted to do it is because I haven't read poetry like that ever. It is the dark breath of bread. What is that? What's this is that? definitely a student poem. Well, it well, no, it's written by eighty-nine-year-old poet from New York, W.S. Oh, Merwin. I take that back. Nineteen ninety-three. They just back. copied it. Plagiarism. <laughs> I take that back. Uh, this is an eighty-nine-year-old from New York, and yes. sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> well, coming up shortly, we've got our poem of the week. Poem of the Week. We're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines and Jade Adams. Hello. Now, it's time for our Poem of the Week, Jade. Okay. You you've found some poems from your childhood. Yeah, I used to write a lot of poetry when I was younger to put my feelings into words that rhymed with each other and, make, <laughs> and give them to my mum. That's exactly the sort of poetry that I like. Um, I've got four. I've got one called The Lonely Creature... Um, Great. I've got one called Flu Jabs. I've got one called Inconsiderate Relatives, and I've got one called Ode to My Mummy. I, I mean, I'm drawn to Flu Jabs straight so, away. So, Flu Jab. 
goes like this. Here we go, wait a minute. Here's Flu Jab by Jade Adams. The leaves are brown, summer has passed. As I look out my window, I see no grass. It's been covered by lots of brown leaves. This time of year makes me sneeze. My hands get so cold, my nose is really runny. My mum makes me some lemon and honey. That never happened. I think I do need, although I'm not glad, it's that time of year for my flu jab. Now, I'm not looking forward to going to the clinic. As I'm 18, there's nothing that's in it. No stickers, nor sweets, or spoonfuls of sugar, or a nice nurse that makes me feel better. I sit in a cold chair while old people stare at the fact that I'm getting my jab. As I'm 18, my mum stays at home. As the nurse jabs it in, I let out a moan. After I hold my poorly poor arm, as my arm throbs, as that needle did harm, I'm given no candy, no bloody blackjacks. I hate this time of year for my flu jabs. Yay! <laughs> Lovely. And you wrote that when you were 18? Yeah. Oh, That's so nice. Loser! <laughs> I like it. Well, shall I read my one and then do you want to do another one of yours of I your choice? That. Yeah, go yeah. on. So uh, my one is, I write it about a news article. So uh, the news article I read about this week is... The thing I spoke about on BBC Wales this morning that I told you about got a weird phone call saying, can you have a chat about your pyjamas? Because a man in Manchester took a photo of two women shopping in their pyjamas in Tesco and was disgusted. And it went viral on social media and I was on the radio defending wearing your pyjamas. So I wrote a poem about it. Here it is. It's called Pyjamas Drama in Tesco. Two women wore their pyjamas to a Tesco. It's not like they were going al fresco. It's indoors and they just popped in for a snack. They were fully covered front and back and a fella got rather annoyed and headed to social media where he employed his ranting skills to call them disgusting. A post which has started combusting, well, going viral is I think what we call it, but bursting into flame seems a better fit. He even took a photo of the unsuspecting women when they were just relaxing, shopping and chilling. Is it so wrong to sneak out, sneak out in your jammies? What if it was a couple of grannies? Should we rid them of their right to be comfy while they shop? Why be so bothered by a choice of pants and top? It's not quite shopping in a negligee. That would turn a few heads your way. But each to their own, just wear what you like. Pyjamas or shorts or a tracksuit by Nike. It's not exactly a trip to the opera or a fancy night out. Anyway, everything looks great with a pout. It's my poem of the week. That's brilliant. Thanks, babe. I read really it on good. the way. Oh, well, I half read it on the way here. You literally the rest just in the wrote toilet. the end of it. I love it that opera's at the end. That's because of me. Yeah, it is. I was like, oh, opera, <laughs> opera. out, pout, pout, done. Opera out, done. <laughs> um, and what's your, what's your poem? Um, your other poem? Think Which one do you want to go on. for? Hang on, I've got, um, well, I've just done a flu, an, an asthma-based one with the flu jab. Okay. Um, I've got a sad one, or I've got one I wrote to my mum. When I, I'll do the sad one. Okay. What's so, it called? It's called The Lonely Creature. Here we go. All right, hang on. Let me just... Oh, oh. Shall I do an introduction? Yeah. Here is The Lonely Creature by Jade Adams. He sits and stares all day long, singing the same old tearful song. His mum and dad died when he was a child, with no friends or relatives because he's wild. His sad and droopy eyes are full of so many tears. They are sore and red from where he cries and cries. His coat is a very bright white and his eyes are sparkly from the reflection of the bright light. He wishes upon a star wishing for a chance of life instead of staying at home and having a cry. Why shouldn't I have friends, he says. He sits and stares out of the window for days. I mean, a lot of that doesn't Aww, rhyme. But I, that's nice. I wrote it. I, was, I wanted to do a poetry book about monsters 
Um, oh, nice. And, and he was a monster that I had. I had another one, which was about a monster who never cleaned. And um, uh, there is a... So he never cleans, and in fact, in his left ear, ear is an old baked bean. That was a line from it. <laughs> That's a great line. Um, but I did, I, I did a, a selection of them, and my mum keeps everything I've ever done. Set, apart from the trophies. Apart from the trophies, Gail. <laughs> sorry, sorry to bring it up again. Well, that's that's the up over the week from me and Jade. We'll be back. We still have to talk about your Soho Theatre show before the end of the show. It's Jade Adams, and it's Bane's Plus One on Hoxton Radio. Poem of the week. Baines plus one. It's Baines plus one on Hoxton Radio. I've had the marvellous Jade Adams with me throughout the show. Hi, Samantha. Hi. Hi. We are now live on Facebook Live as well if you want to see what we look like, if you want to see how matching Jade's outfit is that we've been talking about earlier. Hands, tooth and stripes. So lovely, black and white. Uh, just go to facebook.com forward slash Baines and you can watch it on there. Now, Jade, we still have to talk about this Adele thing because I said I was playing Adele until you arrived today for you because you're a bit of an Adele fan, aren't you? I'm a bit of an Adele stalker, let's be honest with you. <laughs> okay. I follow her around. I uh, try and find her. I have spoken to... I got a friend to speak to her sister-in-law. Um, really? I've had people get in touch with her best friend. And I've... Once I nearly met her... So when I... I nearly met her and then I messed it up. You'd have to see come to my show to see, hear the story. But I messed it up and I didn't meet her. Um, and I actually... Uh, they didn't... It was a, a prank uh, for her to mix among Adele impersonators. And then she burst out and was like hey it's me and everyone's like ah I was meant to be there and I didn't I left because I felt iffy about what we were doing because they weren't giving us enough information and um, I which makes sense after you find out that it was uh, a prank it was a prank and also I'm really glad I wasn't there I don't say this in the show but I'm really glad I didn't meet Adele dressed as Adele because that would have been really embarrassing also I don't want to meet her anymore I just like you don't want to meet people that you, no. you really appreciate and I also I've heard that she don't like it when people are funnier than her so I think she'll have a problem <laughs> because you are a funner lady I'm funny because you do I, but I can't you, sing like her but I'm funny but you can but you are an amazing singer you've sung Adele songs haven't you yeah I don't do it in the show but I do I do an Adele act where I just basically do me but with a Cockney accent and I sing her songs <laughs> can we have a little maybe a one line um, I just go uh, you've probably all been wondering where I am um, it, it turns out that uh, you can't write an album when you're happy and uh, so I've been around I've been having a baby and all my songs are like Baba Black Sheep and twi- twi- Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and they've already done a song like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star so I got nothing it's basically that's how I talk and then I'll tell stories about my actual life but as Adele so I, I do it. my own stand up dressed as Adele because we're basically the same person except for she's a multi-millionaire um, multi-platinum winning award-winning artist. artist and you're just on your way I'm on my way yeah I, it'll be fine we'll meet, in, we'll meet in the best way which is when I'm as famous as her yeah and you'll be with the best of friends yeah so tell us about this Soho Theatre show where can we come and see it Soho Theatre every night no, so I've got three left I've got one tonight at 7pm I've got one tomorrow night at 7pm and Saturday night that uh, they're all going to sell out so if you want to book tickets go to the Soho Theatre website and buy tickets through there or phone them up I um, what can people expect everything it's literally jam packed full of stuff it's got it's got stand up uh, it's got it's funny it's uh, uh, hilarious I've said that too many times it's sad it's got a little sad bit in it it's got dancing um, I sing opera, I beatbox, I rap. 
I mean, what more could you want as part of a show? Didn't Dawn French say something nice about you? What did she say? Dawn French said, "I uh, so I'm uh, Dawn French phoned me once, um, and she told me that she um, had liked my stuff on the internet. She'd got given it." through her agent and she liked it and she wanted to help me with my career in any way she could and she said you were the third funniest and then and I said well why don't you put that in writing mate and then she um, she said yeah you're the third funniest woman in the world fact that is pretty good Jade Adams thank you so much for being on Men's Plus One thank you yay I will be back next Monday coming to you live from uh, London Fashion Week at Century Soho yeah it's going to be real snazzy I'm going to wear a nice top for it have a lovely week see you soon it's Men's Plus One on Hoxton Radio Plus one. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio and the podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. Don't forget you can follow me on social medias at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines on Facebook. Please subscribe and leave us a nice review.